And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games. Movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the illustrious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll open the creaking door to Inner Sanctum from 1946. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from famous songs and provide a statement about each song. My job is to guess, is that statement real or is it ridiculous while you play along at home? Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. And that is uh, a huge job because uh, clearly it's a difficult job it for is you. So difficult. I'm going to need you to think long and hard. All right. Can you do it? Yes. Okay. So I have chosen TV theme songs for this edition of Real or Ridiculous TV Music theme edition. songs, okay. And these are all shows. Are those songs that were on TV? They were. See how smart I they am? Were, yes, I guess they are. And they were theme songs from some shows that you known, you've known and loved for many years. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first theme song. Gilligan's Island. This is the Gilligan's Island theme song. Right. It's called The Ballad of Gilligan's Isle. Right. Are you familiar with this show and this song? Mighty shame there. The brave and sure. That passenger set sail that day on a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. All right. You ready for your statement? The weather started getting rough. Okay, go ahead. Okay, ready for your statement? Yes. The show's original 1964 pilot episode featured a jazz-themed song. Um, that is that is real. All right. Well, let's listen to the pilot episode, and we'll decide if it's real. The song. In tropical seas, a tropic port. That's Vacation called Calypso. Fun is the oh, Not jazz. This is uh, place Calypso where originated in the Caribbean islands. So, you know, with uh, banjos and percussion. Yeah, you don't have to rub it in. I know. Okay, I got no, it. I was just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was the uh, pilot oh, theme song. One. Isn't really? that interesting? No, I didn't know that, right? So different. It's a Calypso song, huh? Yep. Six hour ride. Wow. Right? That's crazy, right? huh? Yeah. One of the best shows of all time, Gilligan's Island. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. a whole different story from that theme song. We had uh, Marianne on here yes, several we times. Did. She passed away now, but we had her on the air yes. a couple of times with us. She was wonderful. Yeah, so great. All right, moving yep. on to mm-hmm. Here's Your Next Theme Song. Okay. 
Jefferson's. Jefferson's theme song, moving on to up. To a deluxe apartment in the side. Moving on up. Moving on up. To the side. I finally got a piece of the pie. All right, you ready? Yes, yes. Beyonce sang this song in front of a live audience, live studio audience on a remake of the Jeffersons that aired in 2019. I don't think it was Beyonce. So I'm going to say ridiculous. Okay, let's listen to it and see who it is. And now singing one of the great TV theme songs ever, Grammy and Oscar winner, Jennifer Hudson. All right. There it is. All right, Jennifer, I knew you knew that one. Well, on. Oh, she does such a great job. <laughs> What a voice, right? Amazing. Wow. It's great. All right, one and one. Well, no, we got to listen a little bit more. Oh, sorry. So great. Jennifer Hudson, wow. Excellent. She's something. Amazing. All right. All right. A one. I'm oh, what's a one and one? One and one. All right. All right. Here is the next theme song. Yeah. Here's the story <laughs> of a mountain lady. Doesn't just feel warm and fuzzy. It brings back great memories. Girls. And my hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one in curls. It's a story. Of a man named Brady, who was bringing four men living all together, but they were all along. Okay. All right. Brady Bunch. So, the Brady Bunch theme song, right. So, in the pilot episode, yeah, the song was performed by the Shangri-Las. Real or ridiculous? Shangri-Las. Now, starting in season two... The six actors who played the Brady Kids did the singing, making it a sing-along. All right, I'm going to say real. All right, so let's listen to the uh, pilot episode theme song. Here's the story of a lovely lady. This is called Peppermint Trolley Company. So it's not the Shangri-La? It's not. Oh, man, it's Peppermint so Trolley Company. Here they are. But don't they sound good? Smooth. Of a man named Brady. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. I like it. It doesn't have the same character as the kids singing. You can hear the trombone in the background, mm-hmm. you know, like, so great. All right, well, All right, so okay. I'm uh, one, for, one for three. Yes. There's one more to go. Okay. I could, go, I could be 500 if I get this right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. All right, here is the next thing. Okay, that's... Um, this is Friends. Friends theme song, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. Okay. You familiar with the show and the song? Yes. All right. The show's creators wanted to be included in the song, so they performed the claps that you just heard in the song. Real or ridiculous? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, it sounds real. I mean, it sounds that sounds real, right? I, I don't know. I can't. Uh, 
can't divulge the information quite yet. I'm going to say real. Real? Yeah. All right. Um, there's nothing to hear. You are absolutely right. Oh, my gosh. That is really? true. They wanted, so as a last-minute addition, they decided to do the claps. They said it took, like, hundreds of takes till they got it just right. Unbelievable. Uh, but they did it. Last-minute addition. That's a great trivia question. I know. I mean, that's a great little was, tidbit of uh, information. Well, I had I'm no idea. finding tidbits. So what did I get? You two, got two out of four, 50%, two out of four, just like Mike, last week. That's not bad, right? I mean. I mean, mm. what do you think, Mike? Yeah, yeah. For, for, man, you guys yeah. are I mean, tough. it's 50-50. So tough, man. you got 50%. I mean, considering how well or poorly you do at this game. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, for I you, it's 50% is pretty good. Yeah, it's a good score. All right, thanks, Lisa. Sure. Those were really fun. Thanks. All right, when we come back, we're going to open the creaking door to Inner Sanctum, so stay with us. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, I'm hungry. Um, I know why you're hungry, because we're talking about Mies Meals. We just ordered our Mies Meals. So Mike orders from Mies Meals, I order from Mies Meals, and Lisa, for all of our families, we order Mies Meals. It comes um, about a week later. So we're like, what we ordered we're, last right. week, we're getting tomorrow. Right. What did we order for, tonight for that we're going to get next, next week? week? So uh, let's see. Mike got New England shrimp roll. Mm. Uh, Carl got chicken pot pie. Yeah. And I got Uda noodle salad with sambal roasted Brussels. Folks, I got to tell you now, I mean, we've been talking about Mies Meals for a while. I hope you'll at least give it a try. Because you're going to be really surprised. It is so fresh. It is just packed so perfectly for you. It comes in dry ice. And they deliver it right to your door. You open it up. There's an index card in there. explains how to make the meal. Everything you need is in there. All of the ingredients are all chopped and washed and prepped. And it's amazing. It only takes you about 15 minutes to make the meal. It's on your table. Your family is going to love you. They're going to be like, wow, this is incredible. This is, uh, and it's things that you wouldn't normally make. Like, I, I ordered, this is the first time I'm getting the chicken pot pie. So, um, but I don't make chicken pot pie for, my, for dinner, right? But I can't wait to try it because I know it's going to be great because it's coming from Mies Meals. And here's the thing. I hate that question. What's for dinner tonight? You know, it's a, it's a, I don't know, <laughs> what do you want for dinner? And then it's a going out to the grocery store and trying to make a list and buy everything. This is fantastic. I don't have to wonder and think about it. I get it delivered to my house. And like all you said, all of the ingredients are individually wrapped. And I have a little recipe card that teaches me what to do, how to make it. And we are set with a gourmet dinner. Yeah, it's amazing. And all you have to do is check out the website and you'll, uh, you'll love it like we do. Go to me meals.com m-e-e-z meals.com and make sure you use the promo code carl at checkout because the very first time you order me's meals you're going to receive a 50 percent discount by using that promo code carl me's meals m-e-e-z meals.com use the promo code carl at checkout save 50 percent 
Give it a try. I promise you will love Mies Meals. All right, another thing you're going to love is Inner Sanctum Mystery. We air these a lot. We have a lot of them in really great quality. This one uh, in particular stars Santos Ortega. It's called, it's called You Could Die Laughing from May 7th, 1946. Uh, you're going to love it. Here's Inner Sanctum Mystery. Lipton Tea and Lipton Soups present Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends. This is your host to welcome you once again to the Inner Sanctum. Do come in and join our circle, but watch out you don't get Double cross. <laughs> What's that? Oh, you're disturbed by those bodies dangling from the ceiling. Well, you know some people, they just die to come here. Then they hang around week after week and never say a word. <laughs> well, I have a theory about that, Mr. Host. Yeah, What's that, Mary? Maybe the reason they're hanging around is because they think we're going to serve refreshments later on. Sure, that could be, all right. You know, lots of folks are like that. And who can blame them? When there's good food ahead, they just won't leave. And that's especially true if there's a chance that Lipton tea is on the menu. Now, the reason for that is simply this. Lipton tea is tea at its delicious best, because Lipton's has such grand, brisk flavor. In fact, brisk is the very word the tea experts themselves use to describe Lipton's full, hearty taste. You'll agree, I'm sure, the very first time you try it. For Lipton's is so lively and full-bodied and satisfying. Yes, it's that brisk flavor that makes more people buy and enjoy Lipton's than any other brand of tea in the world. So whenever you ask for tea, make sure you ask for Lipton tea. And now, friends, draw close your chairs. If there are no faint hearts among us, we'll begin tonight's tale of terror. A story written especially for Inner Sanctum by Michael Sklar. Our star tonight is Santa Sotega, who plays the role of Elwood Fitch in You Could Die Laughing. We wanted to escape our problem, to forget about it, so we went to the movies. But there was a doctor in the story, and every time he appeared on the screen, I remembered... Halfway through the picture, I, I couldn't sit there anymore. I nudged Catherine, and we got up and walked out. The street was cold and dark and empty. Elwood, what do you want to do now? I just want to go back home. All right, dear. Get in the car. Elwood, I, I want to talk to you. All right, there's time for that. Please, dear... Let's stop being silly about this thing. Let's face it. I am facing it. But you're not. Don't argue with me. For heaven's sake, don't you understand? The doctor said you only got a year to live unless we move to Arizona. Doctors are human. They can make mistakes. Not three, doctor. I don't care. Why are you so stubborn? Why are you so dead set against Arizona? You ought to know why, Catherine. Me? Yes, you. Because of me? Yes, I haven't given you much, Catherine, not even children. 
but I've been able to make a living. We've been able to get along. What would I do in Arizona without a job and without money? Edward, slow down. I can still drive a car, Catherine. You're speeding. Let me alone. Passing through a red light. Edward, that man crossing the street. Look out, you... I... Catherine. Did I... Yes. He's lying on the ground. Good Lord. He walked in front of the car. Well, we, we've got to help him. Is... Is he... He's dead. Oh, well... I didn't mean to do it. I couldn't help it. It happened so fast. Better call the police. Police? Well, you said he's dead. The police... Catherine, there's no one but us on the street. Nobody else saw it happen. Well, what difference does that make? Get back in the car. Edward, are you suggesting I was that... speeding. I passed a red light. And now this. They'll arrest me. They'll put me on trial for manslaughter. But my... He's dead, isn't he? We can't help him. It won't do me any good if I go to jail. But running away, leaving the body... Catherine, we've got enough troubles without this. We're going to get into the car and drive straight to the garage. I've got a year to live... And I'm not going to spend it in prison. Good evening, Mr. Fitch. Want me to put the car away for you? Yes. Show must have let out early, huh? We, we didn't stay to the end, Dan. I didn't care for the picture. Ah, them pictures. I always tell my wife. Say, what did you hit? Hit? Yeah, your front bumper, blood on it. Oh, oh, uh, that that blood, uh, a, a dog ran in front of the car. Uh, do me a favor, Dan, wash it off before you put the car away. Sure thing, Mr. Fetch. I didn't sleep well that night. Bad dreams, all mixed up. Well, doctors. But they all look like the man lying on the street. And their faces were covered with blood. I woke up exhausted. Breakfast is on the table, Edward. Uh, just a moment. That newspaper can wait. Your toast is getting cold. Oh, here it is. What are you looking for? The story. You mean last night? It's in the newspaper? Listen to this. Stenger, victim of hit-and-run driver. The body of Augie Stenger, underworld character, was discovered early this morning at the intersection of Broad and Main Streets. Police believe Stenger was the victim of a hit-and-run driver. <gasps> the, the front door? Yes. Do you, do you think it's, it's the police? I don't know. Get a grip on yourself. I'll see who it is. Morning. You, Mr. Fitch? Uh, yes. What can I do for you? I don't like to talk business on the front doorstep. Business? It's about last night, that accident. <laughs> what accident? Don't try to act innocent. I saw that hit and run. Now can I come <laughs> Let me handle this, Kendra. Who are you? My name is Chandler. I was sitting in my car last night at Broad and Main Street. I saw the accident and I followed you home. Thought I ought to talk to you about it this morning. What do you want? The cops are looking for that hit-and-run driver. I'm the only guy that knows you're him. It ought to be worth something for me to keep my mouth shut. 
You want money? Yeah. Blackmail. Don't talk to him, Edward. Send him away. No, we can't do that, Catherine. He'd go to the police. But Elwood... Leave this to me. All right, Chandler. I'll give you the money. How much? Five hundred dollars. That's chicken feed. A thousand. Ah, now you're talking sense. When do I get it? I'll give it to you now. It's in my coat pocket. Here. Here it is. You'll find exactly one thousand dollars in twenty-dollar bills. Thanks. Now, get out of here. Now, wait a minute. Don't get nasty, Fitch. I'm doing you a favor. You got your money. Now get out. I'm going. But I'll be back. To call this the first installment. Elwood, where did you get that money you gave him? Money? Last night you said we couldn't go to Arizona because we had no money. Yet you just gave that man a thousand dollars. Where'd you get it? I was ashamed to tell you. I took it from Stenger. Stenger? The man we hit. I put my hand inside his coat to see if his heart was beating. The money was in the inside pocket. Edward, how could you? Don't look at me like that, Catherine. We've been married a long time. Long enough for you to know that I'm not a crook or a murderer. But to kill a man and then take his money. Try to understand. All day long I've been thinking. A year to live. A year to live. When you know you're going to die, it does something to you. You forget what's right and what's wrong. I thought with that thousand dollars and a few hundred we've got in the bank, I thought we might be able to go to Arizona after all. Well, the money is gone. Yes. Don't think about it anymore. Oh, can I stop thinking? You heard what Chandler said. That thousand dollars is the first installment. He'll blackmail us out of everything we own. Shut the door, quick. Who is it, Catherine? Shut that door, Mrs. Fitch. You were here only yesterday. What do you want now? The cops are after me. You and me are on the same boat. What have you done? What do they want you for? Murder. Murder? You shouldn't have come oh, here. I figured this place ought to make a pretty good hideout. No. You can't stay here. Who's going to stop me? I won't allow it, Elwood. I won't have this man in my house. All right, cut the squad. No. I stood a lot in you, Chandler, but... Stay away from me. Don't you dare touch him. Elwood! Don't don't cry, Kathy. I'm all right. Any more back talk, Fitch? No. Okay. I'm moving in. Whenever you hear a guy talk like this, listen, I'm moving in, you know? He's a bad guy. I'm moving in. Well, I, don't want any more, I don't want any more back talk from you. Whenever a guy talks like that, you know he's not a good guy. Right. He's a bad guy. You're pretty good at that bad guy talk. Hey, you know, I'm moving in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you cast a person. You're like, okay, you're a bad guy. And see, you, yeah, you could be a good guy. You know, you, Lisa. Oh, I'm so... I'll get you, my um, pretty. All right, I'll be the witch. And your little dog. Too. I can do it. Yeah. It's actually a good part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said it was the number one costume. The witch. That's witch. True, I thought I it did. was going to be a skeleton. Well, you were wrong. Like bread skeleton. Right. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs>
without an E. <laughs> We're listening to Inner Sanctum Mystery, a show called You Could Die Laughing. Lisa likes that title. She's like, wow, that's a great title. Uh, Santos Ortega starring in this from 1946. We'll get back to it in a minute. Stick around. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of their radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I'll never forget, years ago, Lisa, I had the uh, the honor of having a dinner. I was pretty good pals with Hyman Brown, and I met him a few times. And then one time he took me to dinner in New York, and we went to this kind of fancy restaurant. And Hyman Brown was the creator, producer, director of Inner Sanctum. And I remember we were having dinner, and... Um, and I remember uh, Peter O'Toole was sitting at a table next to us, and he, they were friends, and then he introduced me to Peter O'Toole. I'm name-dropping now. Oh, uh, yeah, I but, picked up um, No, but the point I wanted to make was um, I asked him, you know, uh, and I've interviewed him and things, but I, I remember we were talking about Inner Sanctum because, I mean, he produced a ton of shows, Grand Central Station, Ma Perkins, a lot of, lot of shows. But Inner Sanctum Mystery was his real... You know, signature series, although later he produced the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, which was super cool, too, with E.G. Marshall as the host. But I remember asking him, so what was the door? You know, that sound effect. Yeah. What, what, what was it? He said, actually, there was a door in the CBS studio basement that creaked, you know, like made a really creaky sound. And that's how he came up with the idea for the series. He's like, oh, and so they literally took that door out of the hinges, you know, off the hinges and off the, the, the wall and put it in the studio and they used that door. But it wasn't, he said, it wasn't always reliable. S- sometimes it wouldn't squeak as much as they liked. So then he said, we found an old chair. So this chair that they had would actually, if you <laughs> sat in it and you moved around, it would... And then he said, then they use that. Then that became unreliable, he said, because actually a maintenance person oiled it. He was telling me this story. A maintenance person oiled it, and they then they were, like, panicking. But then a sound effects man created a door, a miniature door. It was like this, like... Well, like a third of the size of a right. door, and they they um, had these old hinges on it, and that worked. And that's primarily what they use that, and sometimes the the chair. So I don't know which one they're using in this particular broadcast, but I'm trying to give you a visual. 
And that's what he told me they used yeah, on it. That's a good story. Yeah. Hyman Brown. Um, he was great. He was an amazing, amazing uh, uh, contributor to the golden age of radio. One of the one of the biggest names. All right, we're listening to an episode called You Could Die Laughing from May 7th, 1946. Here's the conclusion. He took over the house. He used Catherine and me as servants, treated us like dirt. There was nothing we could do about it. Just the three of us, cooped up in that little house. We couldn't go out. Food and cigarettes were sent up from the store. Went on like that until Tuesday morning. Hush, Elwood. Chander will hear you. He can't. He's in the bedroom. You're... You're going to give yourself up? I can't stand this anymore. I can't stand... Well, do what you think is best, darling. I've made up my mind. Rather than put up with that man, I'd prefer to go to prison. I'll call the police right now. Hello, operator. Get me police headquarters. Got a pal at headquarters, Fitz. Hey, Chandler. I don't... Don't point that gun at me. Cancel that call. Oh, oh, all right. Hello, operator. Operator. Never mind that call to police headquarters. No, 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 nothing's wrong. Yeah, I, I just made a mistake. Thank you. You made your last mistake, Finch. Imagine that black villain, Jack Chandler... First he blackmails Elwood, then he blackjacks him, and now he blackballs him from using his own telephone. You know what I'd do if I were Elwood? I'd apply for a writ of habeas corpus. That is, if Chandler doesn't turn Elwood into a corpus first. <laughs> Things do look bad for Elwood, I must admit, Mr. Host. My, what a lot of unpleasant surprises he's been having. Yes, and he's in for a lot more, Mary. Now, friends, let's get back to those lovely people, Jack Chandler and Elwood Fitch. Chandler the murderer and Elwood the hit-and-run driver. It's quite a pair. Together, they make a full house. A moment ago, Elwood tried to give himself up to the police. But Chandler caught him at the telephone. So, you were going to double-cross me, eh? No. I was only going to tell the police about myself. What do you suppose would happen to me when the cops came for you? I ought to kill you right now. Oh, no. You shut up. First thing I'm going to do is pull out that phone so you don't make no more calls at headquarters. Yeah. That settles the phone. Now, stand up. What are you going to... The door. Can you see who it is through the window, Fitch? Yes. Take a look. But remember, I still got this gun. Don't try any tricks. It's a man. Recognize him? No. Now listen. Before you open the door, I'm taking your wife into the next room with me. I'll be able to watch you and hear every word you say. You know what I'll do to Mrs. Fitch if you double-cross me. Yes. Okay. Now answer the door. Fitch, Elwood Fitch. That's right. May I come in? Yes, of course. 
I'm Detective Farley from headquarters. Here's my badge. Mind if I ask a few questions? What about? Well, I've been assigned to the Stenger case. Familiar with it? I... I read about it in the newspaper. A hit-and-run driver. That's the case. What do you know about it, Fitch? Why, nothing. Are you sure? See, here, you, you don't you think... You and your wife went to the movies Friday night, correct? Yes, that's right. Did you drive straight to your garage from the movies? Why, uh, no. It wasn't a good movie, so we left early and went for a ride. Did you pass the corner of Broad and Main Streets? Uh, no. We went in the other direction. You're lying, Fitch. I've been checking garages for that hit-and-run car. Your garage man told me you brought your car in Friday night with blood on the bumper. I told him... We ran into a dog. Don't make me laugh. Your story wouldn't hold up a minute if that fool garage man hadn't washed the blood off. Are you going to arrest me? I need evidence first. When I get it, I'll come back. Blood on the bumper. That cop is wise to you, Fitch. He, he said he'd be back. Sure. I'll be snooping around looking for proof. This is one heck of a hideout. I'm leaving. You're going away? Uh, glad of that, ain't you? Well, you got nothing to celebrate. What? What do you mean? I need time, plenty of time to get away from the city. I'm not going to leave you here to squeal to the cops as soon as I'm out of the door. We wouldn't tell the police. Yeah, I'm going to make sure you don't. I got one murder rap on me already. It might as well be three. Three? Edward, he means... Listen, Chandler. I swear we won't tell. Why should we? Remember what you said. We're both in the same boat. The police are after me, too. You tried to double-cross me once before. I ain't taking any chances. Please, please. There's no use begging. It won't do no good. When? When When are you going to do it? Before I go. Sometime after dark. The rest of that day was a nightmare. Chandler wouldn't let me separate from Catherine. Everywhere we went, everything we did, he was always behind us with that gun in his hand. The gun. I had to take it away from him. He was much younger than I, big and tough. But I had to try. I watched for my chance. It came late in the afternoon. He was lighting a cigarette. He put the gun down on the living room table while he felt in his pockets for a match. Both of us were the same distance from the gun. I made a dive for it. Hey, get away from that rod. No, let go. Oh. I'll kill you for this. Catherine. Help me. Grab his hand. Let go of me. Let go. Oh, hold him, Catherine. Hang on to him. I, oh, I, oh. I, I... He's dead. I had to shoot him. I had to. Now what will we do? I don't know. What would he do if the positions were reversed? Call the police. No. The money. The money I gave him. The thousand dollars I took from Stenger. He still got it. It's ours again, Catherine. We're going to Arizona. Arizona. Don't you see? It's just like it was before he came. We'll take the money and we'll go to Arizona. But his body... He's a murderer, he said so himself. We'll put the body into the car, drive out to the suburbs and leave it on the highway. The police will think it was just another gangster murder. I was just able to squeeze the dead body into the luggage compartment. 
Hurry, Elwood. Let's get away before one of the neighbors sees us. Oh, my gosh. Now what's the matter? Well, the gasoline gauge. It's almost empty. Oh. We'll have to stop at the garage. I drove back to the garage. Had Dan fill the tank. And paid him with one of the $20 bills I'd taken from the body of Stinger. Dan gave me a queer look as he brought me the change. Here you are, Mr. Fitch. 13 gallons out of a $20 bill. Thanks, Dan. Oh, uh, by the way, did a detective come around to your house the other day? Uh, yeah, yes, he did. <laughs> I, uh, I hope you don't hold it against me telling him about that blood on the bumper of your car. Oh, of course not, Dan. Why should I? After all, I had nothing to hide. Oh, that's right. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, Mr. Fitch, I, I was a little suspicious of you. I, oh. I thought you really might be that hit-and-run driver. Not that it matters much now. No? No, no. The police don't care much now about that driver. Why not? Oh, he's small potatoes now. I just heard over the radio that uh, that guy Stanger was just about dead even before that hit-and-run driver hit him. Hey, how could that be? Well, uh, the way the radio explained it, Stenger was shot in the back, and uh, he staggered out into the street, and then the car hit him. But you said he wasn't killed by the car. Yeah, that's right. The coroner's inquest showed that he, he died of a bullet wound. He'd been murdered. The police even know who killed him. They, they know the killer's name? Uh-huh. I heard it over the radio just a minute ago. Oh, yeah, um, Chandler. Jack Chandler. <laughs> I don't remember driving away from the garage. Kept going around in my brain. Chandler had murdered Stenger. Catherine and I had run away from a crime we hadn't committed. No wonder Chandler had seen the accident. No wonder he feared the police. And now he was dead. His body packed into the luggage compartment of the car. Elwood, you're not listening to me. What? Oh, I, I, I was thinking about Chandler. That's what I was talking about. If he killed Stenger, why can't we go to the police and confess everything? Because we killed Chandler. Which was self-defense. Would the police believe that? They'd have to believe it. Even if they did, it would be murder in the third degree. They'd learn about the thousand dollars. I'd be held for trial. We'd never get to Arizona. No, Catherine. We've got to go through with our original plan. Elwood, that siren... It's a police car behind us. What are you going to do? They may not be after us. If they do stop us, let me do the talking. Hey, over! Stop that car! Don't be afraid, Catherine. I'll handle it. Uh-huh. Middle-aged man and woman. You answer the description, all right. Name Fitch? Yes. What's the trouble, officer? There's an alert out for you. You bought gas back at your garage a few minutes ago. Paid for it with a $20 bill. That's right. Got any more of those bills on you? Why, yes. And I'm over. Here. Here they are. Uh-huh. Looks like it's all here. This is the stuff, all right. What stuff? What are you talking about? This money. It's counterfeit. Just like the bill you gave the garage man. Counterfeit? Phony money down to the last dollar. Move over. We're driving to headquarters. Well, 
That's the story, Detective Farley. You'll find Chandler's body in the back of my car. Willing to put your signature to this confession, Mr. Fitch? Yes, I'll, I'll sign it. Oh, you could have saved yourself a lot of grief. I knew you were the hit-and-run driver when I came around to your house. But I needed the proof, and you gave it to me when you broke one of these phony $20 bills. Well, did you know then about the money? Sure. Stinger had a long record as a counterfeiter. His girl told us he was carrying $1,000 in bad money the night he was killed. Naturally, when we didn't find the money on his body, we knew it had been taken by the hit-and-run driver. And the blood on the bumper of your car was the giveaway. Well, now that you've caught me, what's going to happen to me? Well, depends on the jury. You might get 20 years. Might get life imprisonment. You might even get acquitted. I'm in the courtroom now. Catherine beside me, waiting for the decision. The jury just filed in. The judge has asked if they reached a verdict. The foreman of the jury is rising to his feet. Your Honor, we find the defendants not guilty. Oh, 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 oh Catherine. Oh, Edward, thank heaven. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Oh, darling, you were right from the very beginning. Money or no money, we're going to Arizona. Well, fooled you that time, friend. Slipped you a happy ending when you weren't set for it. But that jury decision... I don't know. It sounded a bit fitchy. <laughs> but seriously, friends, do you like happy endings? I don't, but then some people do. You know, someday, just to make sure, I'm going to have some research organization take a gallows poll. Well, Mr. Host, that seems a lot of trouble to go to when there's plenty of proof right in front of your nose that says people love happy endings. And what is that proof, Mary? It's the way thousands and thousands of families every day top off delicious meals with delicious Lipton tea. There's a real happy ending for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, folks. Try it and see. In fact, so that you won't forget it, add Lipton tea to your grocery list right now, this very minute. It's the world's favorite tea, and you're always sure of getting tea at its tastiest when you get Lipton's. Because remember, Lipton tea has that marvelous brisk flavor. <laughs> A parting word of advice, friends, drawn from the experiences of Elwood Fitch. If your wife wants you to take a trip, don't argue. No, don't protest. Simply bash her on the head and deliver her to the police. You can always say she tripped. <laughs> oh, yes, this month's Inner Sanctum mystery novel is I Hate Blondes by Wolf Kaufman. And next week, the makers of Lipton Tea and Lipton Soups will bring you another Inner Sanctum story directed by Hyman Brown and called Screams in the Night. Of course, there'll be lots of screams. The kind you like, blood-curdling. And there's the usual triangle. 
A man, his wife, and another girl. But the joker is... He who grafts best, gasps last. Don't get it? <laughs> and for the details, better be listening to Inner Sanctum next week. Mm. Until then, good night. Pleasant dreams. Mm. <laughs> Tune in next week for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That was a really good squeak, you know, on that, that was door. a good creak. So that was either the chair. I think that was the chair. To me, it sounded like the chair, but it could have been a door. Sounds like a door. Or the me. miniature door that they had. Um, inner Sanctum Mystery, May 7th, 1946, You Could Die Laughing, Lisa. Oh, I know. CBS um, broadcast. And, um, you know, here's the thing with Inner Sanctum. It came to radio in 1941. I mean, so this was on the air pretty early on, and it lasted all the way till like 1951 or two. So it had like an 11 or 12 year run. When you consider these classic radio shows, that's a long run. But guess what? We've been on the air, I think this is our 17th year. Is that right? No. No? I think we 14, started in 15. 2008. 2009. We started 2009. in 2009. So what does that make it? Like 13, 14, yeah, 14. 14 years. Wow, that's a long time. But uh, Inner Sanctum was on the air a long, long time. Hyman Brown, the uh, creator, producer, director, he was in the booth, you know, um, putting these shows on live. These are live, Lisa. It's not taped, live stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right. In our next hour, John Dixon Carr is the host for Murder by Experts from 1949. But Lisa Wolf Dillon will first present Learning the Lyrics. Right, Lisa? That's right. And today we're going to do songs that get stuck in your head. Oh, I just made and that I can't get it out of my head. Exactly, but not like that, that song. Is that one of them? No, it's not. Why not? I, I came up with that Because I one. can't get you out, out of my head. head. Oh, no. no. I didn't choose that no, one. I've got no. better stuff. It's a, good, it's a good song. Mm-hmm. All right, so <laughs> um, last week I got none of them. Right. Zero. I got zero. Well, Mike and I will put our heads together and make a prediction. All right, we'll see. See you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.